Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. I'm Tom Krause. Today, I'm joined by Jillanne Schulte-Wall and Doug Hewn. Jillanne is Senior Director for Health and Regulatory Policy and ASHP's resident expert on engaging federal agencies. Doug is ASHP's lead federal lobbyist representing health system pharmacists on Capitol Hill. So thank you both for uh, joining us today. Today, we're going to be discussing how the recent presidential and congressional elections are likely to impact pharmacy issues. So as you know, as listeners are, are aware, we, obviously, we recently had an election, not without controversy, but you know, it looks pretty likely that Joe Biden will be sworn in as president uh, early in January. And it looks pretty likely that we will have a, a split government where we have a a Democratic House, and and you know we'll have to see what the Senate looks like. Um, it's really going to come down to two runoff uh, Senate elections in Georgia, and and kind of re- regardless of how those Georgia relate races turn out, it, it's pretty clear that there's not going to be an overwhelming uh, majority for either party uh, in Congress that would allow them to implement their own priorities. So so let's let's learn a little bit about how that's likely to um, to impact uh, some of the issues that we care about. So, Doug, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the key congressional races that we should be aware of if there are likely to be changes in in leadership and key committees impacting pharmacy issues? Sure. As you mentioned, Tom, there there are quite a a handful of races that I think we should keep an eye on, particularly at the leadership level. As you mentioned before, the Democrats maintain control of the House, although the Republicans did pick up about eight or nine seats uh, within the House. On the Senate side, as you mentioned earlier, of course, as well, that regardless of what happens in the January runoff in Georgia, even if the Republicans were to maintain hold of those two particular seats, uh, they would still only maintain a a very slight majority on the Senate side. So with that said, there's a handful of things that I think you we should keep an eye on. Uh, In particular, we'll start on the Senate side in regards to some of the leadership positions as an example on Senate help, which has jurisdiction over a lot of uh, healthcare issues. Uh, as many of you know, Senator Lamar Alexander is retiring and some of the names that have been put out there to take his spot in that particular role are uh, Senators Richard Burr from North Carolina and even Senator Susan Collins, who, who narrowly won her race as well in, in Maine. Uh, as many of you also know, Senator Susan Collins has been a big advocate for ASHP in years past and she most recently helped us out with some drug shortage legislation. So that's one particular uh, leadership change to, to keep an eye out for. Another one that I want to make note of is on Senate finance. We are expecting that Senator Grassley is going to step down as Senate finance chair. And in that particular scenario, we expect Senator Mike Craper to take over that role and Senator uh, Grassley to resume his role as head of judiciary. That's actually key for, for several aspects. The first and foremost is Senator Grassley has been a big proponent of some pharmacist recognition legislation, and he has been one of our champions in that regards as, as we're looking to, to increase, uh, you know, that particular issue for ASHP. If that's the case, then then obviously uh, you know, he might have less of a voice in, in that particular regard. But we have, you know, in years past, uh, worked with Senators Crapo as well as, as some of the other folks that might take over that particular position. On the House side, we really don't see that many changes. Um, you know, the committee structure leadership 
is pretty much the same on both ways and means and energy and commerce. Uh, the only minor change is on the energy and commerce side with uh, Representative Wyden retiring. We're, we're going to see a, a few folks perhaps take that reign. Uh, we're, we're looking at examples. Burgess and some other folks on the Republican side that, that, that may take that particular role. One last thing I want to make note of is, is I think many of you are aware that we did get a second pharmacist elected to Congress recently in uh, Tennessee. Diana Harshberger uh, won her election in Tennessee's first district. So she took over for Representative Phil Rowe, uh, who retired earlier. And so now, along with Buddy Carter, we have two pharmacists uh, in, in Congress. So hopefully, you know, we can build upon those relationships and, and uh, you know, advocate more uh, successfully for ASHP and, and, and pharmacist issues. Thanks for flagging um, that addition, Doug. So, so given that we're going to have this Congress that's either uh, divided or, or with a very, very slim majority, how's that likely to impact the issues that, that Congress is likely to take up? In both the lame duck session before the you know the new uh, members are sworn in and and early next year. That's a good question. I think for uh, for the large part, uh, in, in regards to lame duck, one of the big things that we've been following, of course, is is for Congress to introduce COVID nineteen uh, stimulus packages legislation. And as you may know, over the past few weeks and months, you know they've been going back and forth. Uh, of course, the the House passed. A bill called the Heroes Act, and the, the Senate followed suit with with a, a piece of legislation of their own. And the key difference is, uh, honestly, between those two packages was was cost and size. The House package was nearly three trillion dollars, as opposed to the Senate package, which which was about one trillion dollars. So, at the end of the day, I think what's going to happen is, assuming that the Republicans maintain the majority in the Senate, I don't think there's going to be a major incentive for the Republicans to necessarily concede uh, with some of their objections in regards to the current Democratic package. So I, I think what you're likely to see is that they will probably try to put together a smaller version of a economic stimulus package uh, during the lame duck. If there was a, the, the, a scenario where the Democrats took control of the House, the Senate, and the administration, then you, you might have seen a scenario where they wouldn't have been in, in much of a rush to, to put something together and, and, and wait until 2021 when they have, you know, the, the clear majority to essentially just kind of dictate the, the way they want that legislation to, to be run. Um, so with that said, I, I don't anticipate a lot of key healthcare issues being included in this smaller skinny package uh, within the COVID stimulus bill. I know that we have spoken in, in you know, weeks past about potentially including some pharmacist recognition language, which, you know, we, we are still in the process of speaking to folks to potentially incorporate, but um, just based on the overall size of the package, I, I don't anticipate that that is necessarily going to make it into the, into the current legislation. Um, and then to be honest with you, I don't know there's going to be a lot of uh, other healthcare policies that, that, that we have interest in included in that particular package. That's not to say, of course, that in 2021, that is not going to come up again, and, and it's certainly on on their radar. As I mentioned before, of course, as, you know Senator Grassley has been a champion of, of that particular issue uh, on the Senate side, and, and of course, uh, Representative Buddy Carter has been a champion of that in the House side. So, just generally, in terms of you know some things to look for in the lame duck, uh, as I mentioned before, first and foremost, they are definitely going to try to put together a COVID-19 stimulus package. Aside from that, one of the big pressing issues, which they definitely need to address, is that they have to address the uh, extending the appropriations to be on December 11th when the current CR expires. 
that also coincides with a handful of other expiring healthcare extenders um, that include things like, you know, funding for community health centers and, and various other Medicare and Medicaid extenders. And, and more, you know, that that's important and significant because of the fact that they have to basically, you know, pass this, this particular appropriations issue um, in order to continue funding the government that could be looked at as an opportunity or a vehicle to, to incorporate other healthcare legislation. Um, I mean, there there is the opportunity, um, although a long shot that we can include some uh, pharmacist recognition or provider status language into that particular package. Um, but again, just based on the perceived scope and size of that particular uh, vehicle, I, I, I don't think it's it, it's likely, but again, that, that, that might present an opportunity um, for them to do that. So I think aside from addressing the COVID-19 stimulus package issue, um, as I mentioned, uh, addressing the appropriations issue is, is something that is going to be, uh, you know, precedent for, for the lame duck. And then, you know, other healthcare issues might come up um, later on uh, in 2021. But for the most part, I think, I think those are the two things you should look out for as we, as we round up the, the rest of 2020. Thanks, Doug, for explaining the, the, what we're likely to see in Congress. So, Jillian, um, turning towards the, the executive branch and, and what we're likely to see from regulatory agencies, it seems like we're likely to see a transition um, in administration in early January. Um, so how do we think about um, what we might see in the final days of a Trump administration? You know, often presidential administrations will, will try to push out a lot of regulations in their final days. So what do you expect to see play out here? Well, I think we're definitely going to see that here. I, you know, we check the Office of Management and Budget. They have a, a what's called OIRA, which is the regulatory dashboard where you can check to see where rules are in the process. And the administration has about 17 rules sitting at OMB right now, and that's just for HHS. So they apparently want to try to push some stuff through. We just saw a major rule come through today, in fact, that is the most favored nations rule that is sort of like a light version of the International Pricing Index rule from 2018. So we're reviewing that now, and I anticipate that we'll see at least, I would say, five more rules before the transition in January starts in earnest. And, and when that transition does occur, do we have a sense yet of what a Biden administration's top priorities on health care are likely to be? I know, I know they've talked about, you know, taking some steps to firm up ACA, but as far as issues that will directly impact pharmacy, what do you anticipate there? Well, I think, I mean, the, the first day one priority will be COVID. And then beyond that, I think they're going to be looking at ways to cut drug costs and ways to make sure that patients have access. That tends to be um, sort of the through line through a lot of the Biden administration's kind of campaign materials, um, you know, what they've kind of telegraphed in discussions about it. And so I think you're going to see them kind of take a step back from what the Trump administration has done on drug pricing and look at it through their own lens and determine whether they think the right steps have been taken. I think 340B is probably going to be an area where they will want to reconsider the current strategy. In general, Democrats are often much more friendly to 340B than Republicans have been traditionally. And so I think there's probably some 
a fairly good chance that the administration, the new administration will be interested in um, reconsidering the CMS cuts and also looking at how manufacturers are complying with the program. So that's definitely one area. Um, and then I think on drug pricing, they're going to do something similar. Well, they'll take a step back and say, like, this is what we've seen so far from this Trump administration. Let's look at it from our through our um, prism and decide if this actually matches with our goals for healthcare long term. And I think you probably will see some changes in how they're at least prioritizing what they want to do. What'll be really interesting to see is how they handle importation in particular, you know, Klobuchar and Sanders, who have been very friendly with the Biden team, they are big proponents of wholesale importation. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Biden administration reconsiders that policy or changes it in any way. And we should mention that for um, for some of those regulations that occur at the end of an administration, um, as we talked about in prior podcasts, there, there is a period during which Congress can look back on those uh, regulations and decide if they want to keep them in place. So um, there is a little bit of a vulnerability for, for regulations that yeah, are finalized I'm, at the end of an administration. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess it probably depends on the Georgia race, but I, I imagine there will be some appetite to look at some of the things that are being pushed through, especially if they're major you know, makeovers of certain sectors like this most favored nations role, given the pandemic, I think there might be some appetite in Congress to step in and stop anything that's going to require huge changes from providers in the midst of all this. But that's complete conjecture. That's just based on guesswork at best. You know, the other thing we kind of have to wait and see on is what the Biden administration is going to do for leadership. So the folks who are, you know, handling who are in the seats for Secretary of HHS and and CMS and at FDA, the agencies do tend to kind of take on some of the personality of their leaders over time. So that can have a big impact on what the key priorities are and how things are attacked. So we won't know much about that at all until we have a better idea of who's going to be taking over in these slots. Well, it looks like we've got a lot to uh, interpret and, and can expect a lot of activity in the, in the next few weeks and months. So so thank you, Jillian. Thank you, Doug, for, for talking us through some of these high-level issues um, flowing out of the uh, elections. I'm sure we will um, be following up with much more detailed analysis as some of these, um, some of these policies come out of the, the Trump administration and, and, and the Biden administration. So thank you both. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.